in my life, I am pulled in a million different directions all the time. I'm the pastor of a church, and there's all kinds of stuff always going on in church land. There's kid stuff, new kid stuff. There's large events. There's this, there's that. There's leadership. There's Sunday mornings, and oh my goodness, I probably should preach something, and blah, 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 okay? And then, then there's the, my dad life, and right now my dad life, I have an entering freshman in high school that did band camp. Band camp's like every day, nine to five, and then again from six to nine, and then there's transporting, and I'm just so grateful that there's a competition every Saturday from October to November. I can't wait, okay? And so, you know, it's boom, busyness, and then I've got other two kids too, and Maddie will constantly be saying things like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I want a snack, Daddy. I think she's going through a growth spurt. And, and I sit on two different boards. I don't know why they say that you sit on a board. That implies that you don't do anything. My experience being on boards of things is that you have to work, like you have to do stuff, like on the food pantry or there's this homeless shelter we're trying to get going uh, for uh, young men in Jesmond County. And so there's all, always all work. And you have the same thing that goes on in your life from time to time, don't you? You're pulled in a million different directions. On any given day in my life, I'm not bored. I don't twiddle my thumbs. I don't, I'm, there's never a moment where I'm thinking, golly, I wonder what I could do today. You know, there's, I have long lists of stuff. And, and, but there are times, though, that I find myself surfing the Internet, and I'm just surfing and surfing, and you know what I'm really doing? I'm trying to escape. Or John knows when Star Trek or Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter comes on in movie, that's Dad going to off into the, you know, other world. Escape. Okay, do you do do those things? Is it just me that's smoking this stuff? No, okay, all right. What? (laughs) Here's the thing. My temptation, like you, when I get into those modes of living, my temptation is to cut my time with God. That's my temptation because, you know, like Bible reading, and then I encounter God most through nature, so that means I got to go outside somewhere, and a lot of times that means hauling my boat somewhere, and that's like work and effort, and so my temptation is to, to cut my time with God in order to make my life work, in order to make all the things in my life that's supposed to work, and in order to make everyone happy, but when I do, the funny thing is it affects me on the inside. I find myself getting angry and frustrated. And I'm not even aware of it. And Jenny will say things like, you're angry and frustrated. Only she says it much nicer. And, and so, and, and I find other things going on. My worry level goes up. I just, you know, I'm fretting and worrying about stuff. And then, you know what it really is, though? I'm dying on the inside. That's what it is. I'm dying on the inside. And that's what I want to talk about today, is living and dying, really. Um, in the year 2011... Among American Christians, if you were to poll them about life, most of them would say some form of this. You know, I'm not really satisfied with my church life right now. They would say, I'm not really satisfied with my walk, my Christian walk right now. Isn't that, don't you find that odd? I mean, of ever any time in history, this has got to be like, in any given major metropolitan area, you can go to like a rock concert for God on any given weekend. 
where there's headlining stars and, you know, Andy Stanley's and just amazing stuff. And then there's the whole plethora of God products that you can buy at Amazon or ChristianBook.com, right? Like there's Joyce Meyer and, and, and Beth Moore and Andy Stanley and Charles Stanley and all the other Stanleys. I'm sure there's more of them. And, and so there's, we, we have all this stuff, but we're not satisfied. And, and what is that all about? I think it's basic Jesus stuff. I think it's basic vine and branches. And so I want to get into that today. If you brought a Bible, I would love for you to open it to John chapter 15. That's where we're going to be, John chapter 15. This is an extended metaphor about any of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And he's talking about a vine and branches, or you know, and so uh, he's, he's using this metaphor in, in, in 11 verses. The vine and vineyard is an old, old metaphor. And throughout the Old Testament, when you read about God's vineyard, it's talking about God's people, Israel. And so when Jesus makes this statement and he says, I am the true grapevine, he's saying something that to any Jew of that time period would have been a what? Because he's, he's kind of putting himself in a position that had always been God's people, okay? And so, I am the true grapevine, verse 1, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. Jesus is the vine, God the Father is the gardener, and believers are the branches. And if you bear fruit, here's the good news, you get pruned, have, have you ever considered what pruning really is? I mean, really? It's cutting. I think back to the life of Joseph in Genesis. Remember the teenager Joseph who has had these dreams that God was going to do big stuff in his life, and it kind of swelled up in his heart a little bit, and he told his brothers and his dad, oh, this is so cool. You know what's going to happen? And I'm thinking maybe there was a little pride in there. And then he got sold off into slavery. And then it got worse. <laughs> you know, he ends up in prison. I mean, all this stuff. God's pruning all along. And, and I find that happens in my life. Have, have you ever gotten to the point, see, we Americans, we do this thing where uh, uh, when bad things are happening in our lives, we usually assume that something, that it's not a God thing, that it's not God's will, that, that if there's suffering, if there's a disease, if, if a job gets closed on us or any number of those things, a lot of times, right, don't we make the assumption that something's wrong, that we just need to get rechanneled the right way and the blessings will open and the right things will open up? But what if it's the case that sometimes some of that is God pruning? I think it is. And I think there's, uh, Jesus says it clearly right here in, in John chapter 15. Um, you've already been pruned, he tells his friends, and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me. And there's the command. Remain in me. And I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Um, these grapevines that I brought are from my little grape arbor behind my house. I'm told eventually they will stop producing grapes. You want to know Why? I'm lazy. I, nav- I haven't pruned them in three or four years. I'm shocked they still have grapes at all. But I'm told if I don't get off my keister and I don't get out there at some point, they'll just stop producing grapes. 
because that's what you have to do if you want to have grapes. You have to prune them. You have to cut them. Um, look at verses 5 and following. Yes, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. And such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Um, the fruit here is not some kind of test, uh, but it's, it's one of these things. Uh, if I look at this branch, and if it were actually connected, you know, if this vine were actually connected to the branch, and it was actually green instead of dead, because I cut it a while back for this morning, I would be able to look at it, and I would go, holy cow, this thing has got fruit. It's connected to the vine. It's living. It's fruit producing. It's obvious. And so metaphorically, what Jesus is saying in, in this passage is, your life and my life, when we're connected with God, there's a life that's flowing in us and through us. There's fruitfulness to the way in which we're living. And when other people look at us or on us or, in, you know, in our lives, they're like, oh my goodness, look, because it's obvious. Does this make sense? I'm just basic children's ministry 101 today, okay? Um, but the key thing here is it's a command. Have you noticed it? He says, remain in me. In other words, there's something about this. This is, it isn't automatic. There's something on your part, on my part, where we have to choose, where we have to be intentional, where there's something that we're doing to consciously remain connected to the branch. And so uh, let's keep going. Uh, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me, verse 9, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I have a, I have a friend who has a debilitating back condition. I'm not going to name him today, uh, but I got to see him over the weekend. And... Uh, he started off uh, with it. It just hurt and hurt. Eventually, he had to walk away from his job. Then he got a part-time job teaching, and that worked out for a while. And then the back condition has gotten to the point where he had to give that up too. So he's had to give up everything that he did. His wife had to go back to work to support the family. You know, any, any of us looking in on it would go, oh, what a tragedy. What, a, what an awful thing to have happen. When you talk to him, he doesn't use those words. He doesn't use that language. It's the oddest thing to me. You know what he says? Max, God had to prune so much out of my life. I never knew I could be this close to him and that I could be so content with just him. Instead of success, instead of having people tell me I was really great at what I was doing, I mean... I didn't know it could be that good. I didn't, I didn't know that. And, I'm, and, and, and I've had these times where, you know, we'll pray together. And I'm telling you, once I, I had to make him stop. I was like, I can't pray with you anymore. You're killing me on the inside. I just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because the flow of the Spirit was so palpable. And in that moment in my life, I was so not connected and in, in a right place. 
I just couldn't bear it. And I knew I had to get right. I knew I had to get reconnected. And so I say that to you to say this. Um, it's obvious when you're looking at someone who's connected to the vine because the fruit and the joy is there. And if you find yourself like a lot of American Christians on any given day going, you know, I'm pulled in a million different directions. I'm, I just, there's so much about my life I just don't like. I'm not satisfied. I'm not fulfilled. I would want you to take that moment and go, maybe, maybe I need to get reconnected to God. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I need God's life, God's power, God's spirit. Maybe I need to get back to what John Ortberg calls in the flow of the spirit. So in, in light of this vine and passage, and I know this is like heavy stuff for us at Generations, but in terms of summer training, I felt like this is something that for me and for us, I wanted to make sure that we, we got. Because, you know, fall's coming, life's going to come at us fast in the next year. There's going to be all kinds of stuff that goes on. And you're going to get to these moments where you're going to feel depleted and run down and discouraged. And then the enemy's going to have these things, thoughts that are put in your head of, you know, you stink as a mom or this, any number of things. And, and in that moment, I want you to recognize, whoa, am I connected? When you're connected, there's fruit and joy. It doesn't mean everything's going perfectly. It doesn't mean all your relationships are exactly the way you want them or that you got a million dollars in the bank, but there's fruit and joy. And so in light of that, let me ask a couple of questions. When in your life do you feel most connected to God? When is that? What's going on when you feel that strong connection and you're aware of God's presence and as John Ortberg says, you're in the flow of the Spirit. Do you know when and what that is and what that looks like? What are the circumstances involved? I've talked about this before, and here's the thing. All of us are different. I could do the evangelical pastor thing, and I could go, you know what you need to do? You need to journal. You need to do a navigator Bible study. You need to do it 20 minutes every morning, start at 6 a.m., finish at 6.20. And I could be very specific that way. And some of you would start it for two days, and then you get discouraged because it's not really working, and you're not in the flow, and you're just not feeling God. And that's because we're all different. For me, I have a kayak. I load up my boat, and I go away for an entire day. I know that's not possible for a lot of people, but at, at night, after I put everybody to bed, I'll go for a walk in the neighborhood. It's just something about, for me, being outside and stepping away from life in my phone. It's like I can hear God better. The, the res, God reception in my spirit is just, you know, I've got five bars, okay? <laughs> if, you, if you have AT&T, you know what I'm talking about. It's rare, okay? It's rare, but in those moments, I'm in the flow and I've got five bars, okay? For you, it might be different. It might be when you're, when you're on the ball court with three of your buddies and you're, you know, in the nitty-gritty of trying to get a dunk. But in that moment, you know, on and off the court, you're talking about life and marriage and all that other stuff. And you're sensing God in the midst of that. For some of you, it's art. I know one person, it's gardening. They just, they pull weeds as they're pulling weeds Boom, there it is. They're processing God life stuff and God stuff. So understanding this about yourself, I would challenge you, guard those moments. 
you're going to be tempted to get, you know, if gardening is the thing, trust me, it's going to rain, 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 rain. There's going to be all kinds of things that come up that, that are going to take you out of that garden. Trust me, when I have my days where I'm going to load up my boat on any given day that I'm going to do that, there are five compelling reasons why I should stay in town and not go. Always, every day that I try and do it. And I've, you know what I've found? When I give in and I cave and I give away my God connection time, I start to wither on the inside. I get grumpy and angry, and I'm out of the flow of the Spirit. I'm just like this sickly little branch that's not good for much of anything. Okay? Here are two ingredients that are necessary. How you, how you incorporate them, that's going to be as varied as all of us in this room. Okay? But one necessary ingredient is this. Unrushed time. For those of you that are married, I'm, I'm going to let you in on a little marriage secret. When you give, guys, when you give your wife those five minutes and you look at your watch, in her mind, you've given her nothing, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay? Early in my marriage, I, would, I remember a time, Jenny, it took me five years to live this down. I gave Jenny a hug and looked at my watch behind her back. I was 20, 21 and very stupid, I was. I just, it took me a while to learn basic things about life. And, you know, it, boom, it, the hug meant nothing at that point, right? Okay, so you know this in marriage relationships and with friends and kids. When, when there's a push and a schedule and it's rushed, you're not, getting the, the, you're not getting the full relationship, the full quality part of the relationship. And the same is true with God. God for you to be connected and in the flow, you need unrushed time, which means that you and I are going to have to be intentional about blocking some things off in our week. Am I telling you it has to be, you know, 6 a.m. every morning, bright and skippy? To, no, you're going to have to figure that out. Some of you are night owls. Some of you, you know, you got to be active in doing something, okay? So, but you got to figure that out about you. Um, so, uh, that's the first ingredient, and it's key and it's important. It's unrushed time. That's necessary. The second thing is this, the Bible. Did you notice? Remain in me and my words remain in you. Isn't that interesting? See, there, there's, there's no substitute for Bible intake. And I know some of us aren't the best readers, they have products out there. Isaiah was telling me about the Glow Bible. I don't even know what the, want to know what the Glow Bible does. I'm sure it, you know, what's 3D, okay? You know, but if that's how you intake the Bible, go Glow, you know? If it's audio cassettes on the 20-minute drive home, you know, I, audio cassettes, believe it or not, some people are still listening to those. <laughs> What they do is they get on their computer and they transfer it to an MP4 file and then they put it on their little doodad that's connected to their belt. Okay, so, you know, however you intake the Bible, some of us are just voracious readers and we can sit and read and read and read. Here's what happens. Over time, as you're culling, as you're reading, it's going from here on the pages to in here and in here. And when his words get in here, all of a sudden you start seeing the world the way God designed it to be, the way it really is. And you start making decisions that are consistent with God's kingdom, and you're in the flow of the Spirit. When this stuff 
gets in here and in here. It's being connected. My words remain in you, okay? So those are the two necessary ingredients. All the other stuff, you're going to have to figure it out. We've talked at Generations about things like sacred pathways. And if, and if that phrase is new to you, I would encourage you, call me this week, or Isaiah, or James, or Ryan, or anybody, okay? Just go find somebody in the weekly to contact. We'd be happy, and we'd love to sit down with you and talk about that, because we understand that people are different, and all, God's hardwired you to connect with him a little bit differently than the person sitting next to you. How do I know this? Because the primary way that God's chosen to reveal himself in the Bible is as our heavenly father. And when we, uh, when we respond to the gospel, the Bible says we become his children, his adopted sons and daughters. I'm a dad, and I know that all three of my kids are just uniquely different from each other. And the way I will connect and relate to one is different than the way I will relate and connect to another. There's no one-size-fits-all with my kids. My heavenly Father knows that. Your heavenly Father knows that. So a good question for you and me is simply, what brings me life? And if there are these things, as I've been talking, I've, I've seen some, okay, if it's gardening, if it's, you know, uh, hanging out with friends, whatever it is, please, please, please be intentional to plan and keep and guard those times so that you remain connected to the branch. You remain connected to the vine because that's when you and I will have life and fruit.